veteran ski journalist Heather Hansman's recent book, Powder Days, explores the history of skiing and the modern heart of ski bum culture. KHL's Emily Cohen spoke with Hansman about the book, as well as the future of the ski industry and ski towns. Great to speak with you today, Heather. Powder Days really resonated with me, and I imagine it will for a lot of our listeners as well. It in some ways reminded me of a ski bum version of Billionaire Wilderness, in that it was fused with a sociological and also anthropological analysis of this very particular and kind of peculiar world that we inhabit. I'm curious how that analogy lands. I think that idea of, okay, I'm seeing this kind of social problem or I'm seeing a a microcosm of a community and a lifestyle change and I want to investigate what the backstory is there and what's going on and how is this feeling that I'm having based in reality? What are the facts? So I think that idea of like, how do you kind of look at this subculture and unpack it? Is something that he does really well as a sociologist um, and a social scientist and was something that I was kind of sneakily trying to get into too. One of the, I guess, overarching sentiments that I had when reading Powder Days was a sadness. These are isolated places. They're hard places to leverage stability. Many people are just trying to hold on. They're holding on to this idea of snow in a world of climate change, to limited and often subpar housing. They're holding on to this idea of youth. Is sadness a fair assessment? Yeah, I think if there hadn't been that level of sadness in it or that level of kind of, there's like an ache almost in it, it would have been a really different book. And I don't think it would have felt true to what I saw on the ground. Is this dream of the ski town life really possible? I go back to Jackson and also Aspen a lot as these kind of like way out ahead of the the problems of, is this thing feasible? Who gets to be a part of it? Are we hollowing out? these places that we love and making them, you know, like not real places anymore. And I think it is, I think part of why this is so interesting to me is that it's not necessarily just a ski town thing that, you know, like these, the issues are so aggravated because your wealth disparity and like the base wage and what people can actually make in these towns is so skewed that people who can come in from the outside don't have to necessarily play within that system. And that's gotten even worse in COVID. But I think this is, this isn't something that's just happening in mountain towns. I think this is sort of like a big society ride. What are we going to do about it? What happens when the pieces kind of start, the the wheels start to fall off? How did you eventually leave the ski town world? I guess the, the simple answer to that is that I got hurt. And I had been working seasonal jobs. I was working on the mountain in the winter and in restaurants and gear shops. I was working as a guide in the summer. Um, and I ended up blowing my shoulder kayaking and kind of had this, I had been sort of wrestling with that question, even, you know, if I was in my kind of mid twenties of whether I could stay and make it work and what my life would have, was going to look like. I kind of got freaked out by this idea of my life and my livelihood, depending on my body and my body being pretty fragile. And so I, you know, washed out. I was living in Colorado and the mountains there. And I went back to grad school to be a journalist, which is another totally stable, <laughs> financially lucrative way to, way to go about things. You talk a lot about this contrast between skiing's gritty past. You know, it's founded by rebels and outsiders and then it's glossy future. And you use that phrase, glossy future. What is there to be hopeful about? I would love a less glossy future of skiing in a lot of ways. And I think in doing the reporting... A lot of the places that seemed like they were doing 
maybe not a lot, but some of the places that seemed like they were doing well and had kind of figured out a sustainable balance of still being affordable, still being able to open the doors, not being overrun, um, were places like Bridger Bowl, outside of Bozeman, or Mad River Glen in Vermont that are co-op owned and that aren't beholden or not responsible to shareholders or a bigger company or something like that. So I think there is some level of what is the economic sustainability of skiing as a business that is going to come to play. And that's really hard. You know, skiing is not, if you're a small ski hill and especially in a place that's sort of climatically vulnerable, it is a really hard business to keep going. It was fun to recognize some local names in the book, folks like Betty Wilson, one of the founders of the so-called Jackson Hole Air Force. Who are you writing this book for? That was one of the things that was scary about it is I wanted it to be accessible. Like I didn't want it to be like too bro or too insider-y, but I also wanted it to resonate for people like Benny. And so it was like a hard line to, to try and walk. Well, congratulations again on the publication of Powder Days. And for folks interested in reading the book, it is at the library because I finally returned my long overdue copy. Thank you again for joining me today. For KHOL, Jackson Hole Community Radio, I'm Emily Cohen.